0: Are a month away, but this weekend is going to feel like the playoffs with some of the matches. This is the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivica What's up, buddy?
1: What's going on, Garrett? How's it
0: going? It's going well, man. Just getting ready for some uh, some great MLS matches over the weekend.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit of a slow week, you know, the the, the week after a, a World Cup qualifying uh, window, and things have died down a bit. But with that, with this weekend in MLS, uh, you've got some really tasty matchups and. You know, like you said, the playoffs are still a ways away, but these are gonna be matches that really start to feel like playoff matches just because we're so close now. Teams are jockeying for position. Uh, you have two you have the four four of the top teams in the West facing off. Uh, and both those games are gonna be outstanding.
0: And you also have exciting games on every single day, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. So thank you, MLS scheduling. Uh, forgiving us games throughout the whole entire weekend. Uh, like you said, I have tons to talk about on this show. We're gonna talk a little bit, uh, international soccer later on in the show. Uh, we talk about it a little bit on the show, so we're gonna get back to that. Talk a little bit about the Americans abroad, some of the guys, how they're doing overseas. But of course, as we just said, MLS is gonna be the biggest thing this weekend, perhaps maybe the biggest game. Uh, arguably will be LA Galaxy-Seattle Sounders on Saturday night. Uh, I think we're going to see the matchup that everyone's going to want to see for a long time, Clint Dempsey versus Landon Donovan. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of other things to see in this game. I have it's femi Martins, Eddie Johnson, Omar Gonzalez, Robbie Keane, tons of star power in this game. It's going to be very exciting, and, I mean, hopefully we'll see a lot of fireworks on Saturday night.
1: Uh, I think, well, you would hope so with the, the amount of money that uh, is going to be spent in, in, in salaries in this game. It, it, you, like you said, both teams have the star power. Both teams are pretty healthy. Landon Donovan, you know, he's a bit of a question mark, but I, I'd expect him to play. And it's, it's great to see two, the two, for me, the two teams that are the, you know, most dangerous teams, the most legitimate title contenders to see them square off. It, it's, it should be one of the games of the year.
0: Well, in this game, Ivis, who do you think can get the uh, can get this victory in here? Because the one thing the Galaxy should be fully healthy in this game. Landon Donovan's status is is doubtful, but I think we'll see Landon Donovan. In this game, Galaxy were able to rest all their starters this past week. I mean, we all know how Bruce Arena is in competition outside of MLS play. Uh, so, so, no, I mean, we saw some starters got a couple minutes of that game, but the main guys, the, the big guys were able to sit and, and get some rest in this game. Sounders, this is a team IVIS where everyone's starting to get healthy. We're, we're starting to see their true starting 11. So, I mean, what do you think we're going to see in this game and what, what can we take away? And I mean, who do you think can get the advantage and win this game?
1: Well, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty balanced matchup. Uh, If you go by history, recent history, the Galaxy have had a really good track record against Seattle, especially in the playoffs, as we know. They've really had their number. Uh, It's a bit of a different Seattle team, though, now when you talk about Clint Dempsey coming on board, Obofemi Martins, uh, as well as the emergence of a a player like Lamar Nagel. It's probably the strongest Seattle team they've ever had. So it's not going to be the same kind of easy uh, matchup it's been for L.A., pretty much for for the last few years they they've really been able to boss Seattle and dominate them and, and it's not going to be like I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean I still want to give LA the edge just because it is in LA and you want to and you want to think that you know they're the home team they get the edge. Now, if Landon Donovan isn't 100% if he if he's, if he's if he can't start or if he's hampered if he's not 100% if he's off his game, that's definitely something that can swing into Seattle's favor, but you know, for me I think you got to go with the champs just because you know they, they're they're at home, they're pretty healthy now. Bruce Arena, like you said, was able to rest his top guys, didn't didn't play them in the Champions League in midweek, so they're ready. And it's not going to be easy, but I think that I think LA was gonna. I think they're they get the the slight edge in this matchup. Yeah, and
0: talk about the depth the Galaxy have. Obviously, well, I mean not obviously, but the game the midweek game for the Galaxy wasn't the prettiest. But when you can stick guys like Jose Villarreal out there, Jack McBean, Galaxy has some serious depth. So the Sounders, so. Uh, that game's gonna be on Saturday. It's gonna be very exciting to to see what happens in this game. Hopefully we'll see some fireworks or hopefully we'll see Ivis Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey trading goals throughout the match.
1: That could be good right. I mean, i I don't know if this is the first matchup of them as pros, but it might be possibly. actually, you know what? Uh, I'm sure when Dempsey was in New England that him and Donovan might have squared off. but obviously the, it different back yeah, the, different back then it wasn't the the rivalry, this unspoken rivalry over who's the best American player. That that still kind of goes on, even though I think some people would argue Michael Bradley is the best American player right now. Um, but still, it's good. It, it is going to be fun to see how those guys do, and if they kick it up a notch because of that. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's a big game. So as as high profile players, big players, they're going to be up for that game. Mm-hmm. But I think there has to be a little something more. Oh yeah. Because the other guy, because, you know, Donovan and Dempsey, because they're facing each other. There's got to be a little something to that because we all know about it as much as they downplay it every time you bring it up, every time someone talks to them about the rivalry or, or comparing each other. They always try to downplay it. I mean, it's almost like the kind of American version of Ronaldo Messi in a way. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who can really uh, step up. And, you know, we we do have to point out that Lennon Donovan's been on outstanding form Lately, Clint Dempsey has not. Clint Dempsey's form since he joined Seattle has been a little below what you'd expect. you know. And even with the national team, this game has, has not been quite at the top of its peak or what you, what you expect him to do. But this could be the game. This could be that kind of game where he is able to impose himself, able to find that goal that gets him going and, and sends a message that he's going to be a big-time player here down the stretch.
0: I think it's also going to be cool to see Eddie Johnson and Omar Gonzalez in the air. Hopefully we'll see... Uh hopefully i mean i think that'd be cool hopefully you'll see that
1: well they've they've battled before uh without a doubt and you know they they've i think they've traded their share of blows i think gonzalez has gotten the better of him actually uh from what i can recall uh that's the thing eddie johnson is so dominant in the air over most players but Omar gonzalez is a different animal you're talking about a different with his size and his ability in the air Uh, i've got to get give the edge to gonzalez on that one but it's going to be like you said it's going to be fun to watch that's the to you know, some of the best guys in the league
0: going yeah. at it. Yeah, tons tons of individual matchups against 1B1s t- to watch in this one. Well, as you said, that game's going to be on Saturday. First game of the weekend, Ivis, is going to be on Friday. Timbers uh, hosting the Colorado Rapids. The Timbers uh, starting to get healthy. Uh, Will Johnson, uh, Diego Char have been, have been playing a few more games recently. They're getting back into form, but, but Portland's still dealing with some some communication and, and some backline issues. I mean, we saw it against Chivas USA. They're a little sloppy in the back, Colorado. We talk about the form that they're on Ives. In, and I think that if any team can go up to Portland at this point of the season and be able to take three points, I think the Rapids, uh, with the way they've been playing, have a great opportunity, uh, with in front of them on Friday night.
1: Tell you what, the Rapids have been playing well. There's no doubt about it. They have been getting good results. They're playing with all confidence. The, some of their new signings have been uh, showing really well, but I, I, Three points in Portland—that's a tough one. I, I don't know if I see that. Uh, I think. Well, I, I didn't, much, hey,
0: I didn't say they're going to win. I said they are the, well, the best. Said, I said they're the said best so. team to take points. The well, best and, I'm,
1: and I'm saying I don't I don't think it's going to happen. So I mean it, it could you know, but I don't I don't see it. I think as much as Portland's struggling uh, offensively, I, I just think at home they, they take it to another level, and and it's just it's such a great atmosphere, such an intimidating atmosphere, and and it. it, it, it you see Portland kick it into a new gear when they're at home and and I think for that reason, I think they're, I think I mean their defense I thought actually did well uh, against Chivas. Obviously they you know they gave up the goal there uh, on a nice header by Brian De La Fuente. but for the most part it was a good game for them. It was just once again the finishing. Mm-hmm. The lack of finishing that's been an issue for them. They've created chances they just haven't been able to finish them. So this is a perfect opportunity for them against the tough Colorado team to really show that they're a legitimate playoff contender and and, and they're, they 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 got to be careful now because they lose this game and you know if Dallas can get a result in New York that I mean pressure's on right there so they they need these points they need these three points and and you know I think they're going to get it done I think their defense is going to hold up well and I think the boost from the home crowd's going to help their attack and and, and you're going to see guys like Diego Valeri, Rodney Wallace and Dolan Singh be really step up in a game like this it's going to be a fun game and it's it's crazy to think you know, back in February, March, if we, if we start talking about Portland, <laughs> yeah. Colorado, people might have thought, nah, you know, that's probably not a match I want to watch. But I tell you what, this match, as much as L.A. Seattle is going to get all the headlines this weekend. Portland, Colorado, you want to watch this game, folks, because Colorado, you know, they, they're a team that's below the radar. They don't get a lot of national exposure. They're not on. They haven't been on TV a ton nationally. So they're a bit of a a bit of a secret. You know, they're a bit bit of a. A team that, a mystery team that that people don't know about.
0: It also helps that Oscar Perea has tons of lineup changes too, so you really never know who he's going to put out there and who's going to be starting.
1: Well, I think that's been by, you know. example,
0: yeah, it's been by design, but I'm saying, but that's another thing. It's with the Colorado, I mean, there's guys who have a great game one game and then boom, they're on the bench for someone else and then that person has a great game. I mean, Colorado's done such a good job of mixing and matching their lineups that, I mean, they're also a mystery because you never know who's going to be playing.
1: I don't know if it's going to be that to, at this point in the season. At this point, I think he's starting to settle on settle on some guys now. It's going to be more because you, you know you can do that throughout through the season, but when you get in this point in the year, you really got to start settling on your rotation and settling on your guys that are going to be your eleven to kind of build some momentum and and, and some continuity. So I don't know if we're going to be necessarily seeing anything too shocking from Colorado, um, but like you said, their depth is impressive. They do have options all over the field, but, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I think nothing against Colorado. I mean, they have a chance. They absolutely have a chance, but I just think Portland at home, uh, I think they're just going to come out fired up.
0: A Game up north uh, in Canada, Montreal Impact are going to be hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps. This is a big game for both teams. Uh, Montreal, with a victory here can keep pace in the supporter shield standings. Uh, Vancouver needs three points to stay competitive for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. The impact, they really need to get a victory in this game so they can put that Columbus crew, uh, debacle behind them where, you know, the Columbus crew are their boogeyman. So, I mean, for Montreal in this game, Ivis, they need to finish their chances. Uh, and Marco DeVaio has been playing well, and I think if you can get him going in this game, Montreal Charles should be able to get the victory in this, and, and, you know, both teams are vying for, for three points in this game, so this is going to be another, uh, exciting game this weekend.
1: Aren't
0: both teams vying for three points in every game? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they are, but, okay, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, when I look right, at, right, like, when I, right. I look right. at, like, I mean, you know what no, I mean. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to, mean. I don't want to talk trash you. on any clubs, yeah, but you know what I mean. This
1: is why I asked you. I asked you because I didn't know what you meant. But anyway, alright, back to the subject at hand. Hey, all right. You got, it's an, this is interesting because, okay, on, on, on the surface, you figure, hey, Vancouver has just been in a big time slump and it, it's going to be tough for them to win up in Montreal. But at the same time, Montreal's defense gives everybody a chance. Their defense, if your team is struggling offensively, Montreal might be the team to help you pick, help, help you fix things up because they just give up chances. They, they they're just so inconsistent. But you know what? Vancouver, their attack is MIA. I mean, you got to put, you know. I think they're on the side of a milk carton right now. You just don't know where they, where what happened to it. It was in the summer, they, you know, like you couldn't stop Camillo. Uh, Kenny Miller was doing his thing, and and now they've just been so quiet. Um, and you know, if they can't get goals against Montreal and and their defense that that you know has been suspect uh, through the year, then then they're done. This is it. This is really it for them. I mean, they have what do they have? Get six games left. They lose this game, they're done. I mean, I, I just there's no other way to say it. Uh, you know, it's you know not that they're some insurmountable distance away, but form is you know the form you have is important going into the you know building that momentum. And right now they're on they're on roller skates and they're heading in the wrong direction. Um, so I'd say I'm gonna have to give the edge to Montreal uh, just because their offense I think is is gonna get the goals they need and playing at home usually works out for them unless they're playing Columbus for whatever reason. Uh, I'm going to go Montreal, um, just because Vancouver just, their, their attack just has been nowhere to be found lately. Uh,
0: in the game on Sunday, the final game of the weekend, New York is going to be hosting FC Dallas. New York, uh, he's going to be home. They obviously, Ivis, play a little bit better on, at home versus on the road. New York first in the East. Uh, I mean, they would obviously love to, to get that supporter shield first, uh, for the best team with the most points. And here's an interesting stat for you in this game, Ivis. Kenny Cooper has scored in his, in, is both of his first MLS game against former teams thus far. That's horrible English or I can't read. Uh, Portland FC Dallas. <laughs> and has scored, sh- you know, okay, so the point I'm saying is Kenny Cooper scored a goal in his first game against his former team. So, you know, I mean, boom, Dallas already have a goal in this game. New York have to get two. And they might – they'll have Tim Cahill back. That's the most so, ridiculous so logic I've ever heard. No, it's not. That That's normal logic right there. Well,
1: aside from the fact that it took you 9 million words to say something. I was
0: reading the stat line. But back to well. the game, though. Uh, actually, we saw uh, Tim Cahill could be back in this game, and that would be big for New York to get him back. Uh, back going on the field.
1: You know what? Here's the thing with Dallas, right? They, they, you know, they, they've really, they've really lost their way uh, late here, late in the year, and and I just don't see them going into New York, a place where the Red Bulls have been really tough and getting a result as much as they need one. Uh, Red Bulls are on a nice run right now, three in a row, and and I, you know, they, I think they see, the they see first place in their sights. They see first place for the season in their sights, and and this is a game they need that they need to win because. You know, if they're going to hold off Sporting Kansas City and, and get that all important home field edge for the playoffs, they need this game. So, I mean, I know Dallas needs it, obviously, because they're still trying to catch uh, Portland for the last spot. And they've look they've been they're two one and one in their last four. They've starting to show some signs, um, but I don't know. I don't see it. You know, I, I think they've obviously the wins that they did get were against Chivas and Vancouver, two teams that are you know obviously not not that great these days. Um, but it's gonna be a good matchup, I think. Just uh, you know, when you talk about someone like Blas Perez, Fabian Castillo's playing really well. He's gonna be a handful for the Red Bulls as as a matchup, just you know, just dealing with them on that on the on the flank. So I think Dallas will give them a good test, but I don't know. I just think I just like the Red Bulls, especially if Cahill's back, because Cahill makes all the difference when you talk about the work rate he puts in and the threat that he gives them in the air. Um I'm going to give the Red Bulls the edge in this one, and if if the Red Bulls do win this one, that's a big message and and puts them a step closer to to holding on for that number one seed.
0: Dallas on the road, two wins, seven losses, five draws, going very difficult for them. But I mean, well, they need. It, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, one thing I will say. It's funny you mentioned the whole Kenny Cooper thing. Kenny Cooper, <laughs> you know, when when the season, you know, before the season, obviously when they traded him, I know there were a lot of folks uh, in New York that were pretty upset do you trade a guy who just scored 19 goals, and really the the belief in in, in New York was that you know it was it, 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 he would, he played over his head and and he benefited greatly from Terry Henry setting him up, and you know what he mm-hmm. at, through no fault of his own. I mean, we're talking Kenny Cooper's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's real, he's a great teammate class guy. Everyone loves him, but you know with the money that he was due to make this year, the Red Bulls really had to make a decision there, and, and so they made the decision. They, you know, they moved them on, and, uh, and and if you look at the move at the uh, that they made, they they they, they traded away Kenny Cooper. They went and got Fabiana Spindola, and 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 Kenny Cooper for the years, three goals, three goals and one assist, and 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 I believe most of those earlier in the year, and 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 this is his this this is his career. His career has been, I mean, he's been known as someone who goes through these streaks where you know he 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 struggles. He, he, there's no other way to say it. I mean, you know, I, I know he's may have had his issues this year as far as staying on the field and all, but, I mean, he hasn't scored a goal. Just looking at it, he hasn't scored a goal since May, right? So if you're the Red Bulls, you, you're, you're feeling pretty good about that, about that decision to, to you know, move Kenny Cooper and and go with uh, Fabian Espindola. And listen, Fabian Espindola hasn't exactly uh set the world alight either, but, I mean, he, he's he's scored more goals. He's, he just scored a great goal yeah, last they're ridi- week.
0: Yeah, their ridiculous goal against Toronto last week.
1: Right. I mean he, so he you know he's given you something as much as even he has been disappointing but he's he's outproduced Cooper and he's done it for a far less a far smaller salary slot.
0: In another game in the east that has big uh, playoff implications Columbus crew taking on the Chicago Fire. Columbus 4 points behind the Chicago Fire would obviously love to get a massive victory in this one just to stay even. Chicago Fire if they get a victory they create some nice little cushion. Uh, for them in the Eastern Conference. And with this game, Ivys, you wonder what type of Columbus crew team is going to show up. I mean, I don't think they played the greatest against the Montreal impact, but I mean, then Higuain showed up and you wonder, I mean, if Higuain's not on, if Dominic Oduro's not on, the Columbus crew are pretty flat and they have a poor defense. So I think this is a game that Chicago fire, and Mike McGee uh, can take advantage of and, and, and really create some nice cushion and space in the Eastern Conference.
1: Right. I mean, I think you got to give the edge to the fire. I mean, uh, the Columbus crew you got to give it to them right they own the impact they found a way to get results with them all year but I, I just I just think they need the thing with the crew is because of their 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 injuries that they've had that the players that they've lost and, and the lack of depth and lack of quality top to bottom there they need to play too perfect a game to get results I mean they need they need things to go too perfectly for them so oftentimes they fall short and I think against the, a fire team that's feeling good now, they're on the right side of the playoff line. Uh, you you know, they're, they're, the confidence is there now for them. They're, they're, they've got to be feeling so much better now. You know, you know, when you're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. Now they've caught uh, the pack, and now they have a playoff spot. They can't let up. Uh, but, hey, it's you know, it's on a road. You never know an MLS. On the road, you can never guarantee a result. But I like the fire's chances. I think, like you said, I think Mike McGee's going to get it done, I think. Uh, someone like Dilly Duca returning to Columbus I mean who who wouldn't you know we are we know how he felt about leaving there he he wasn't happy there and 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 even with the coaching change you know Brian Bliss is now the interim coach Brian Bliss wasn't a big fan of Dilly Duca either so I don't I don't think those guys are on each other's Christmas lists but so look out for Dilly Duca in this one I could see him having a big one against his former team and, and I just see the fire uh, getting a road win here.
0: Yeah, and we also see the fire with with their high pressure. The Columbus Crew's defense has been known to make some poor passes, poor mistakes. I I just think that the fire can jump all of them quickly and and put this game to rest. Ivis Toronto FC is going to be taking on Sporting Kansas City this weekend. Toronto FC has called a major press conference for Friday morning. Ivis, what are you hearing?
1: Well, the word uh, up in Toronto, coming out of Toronto on Thursday, is that uh, the, the TFC is going to hire a new GM. Uh, Tim Bezbachenko, who is uh, right now, and he works at MLS. He's an MLS. I believe he's the senior director of uh, player relations and competition. He, he's a big uh, player personnel guy, so he, he's involved a lot in in contracts and signing players, and 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 he's also he's been very involved in, in the signing of rookies and and generation Adidas players, and all and all aspects of player personnel. So we're talking about a guy who knows the league's rules, knows the salary cap. Um, so from that standpoint, he's going to, you know, Toronto's going to be hoping that he's a guy who can help Ryan Nelson manage the salary cap and, and get the most out of the cap. He, you know, and they also want to want to count on his knowledge of the college game. You know, they, they, they feel that he's someone who who knows the college game. So as a hire, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's known as a smart guy. He's a young guys. I think he might be end up being the youngest GM in the league if, if in fact that's, that's the higher, which, which is what I've heard it is. So it, it, it's an interesting move. You know, I, I had heard that TFC was interested in, uh, in Garth Lagerway, uh, Real Salt Lake GM, and that would have been a real power move. Uh, unfortunately, he, he's under contract for RSL. So, uh, that was probably one RSL wasn't in a hurry to make as far as the deal, even allow him to go because, you know as we'll talk later you know there could be some other changes that we also leak so uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one i i am sure folks in Toronto are going to be uh wondering and thinking just have that immediate kind of negative reaction to it just because it seems like everything the team does has been wrong through the years but hey this is Tim Lewicki. he's the new sheriff in town he's someone who has a track record of track record of success and uh, and it, it, this is one of his first major hires so you want to see how he works out
0: well, with the game, Sporting Kansas City and Toronto FC, uh, Sporting Kansas City is going up to Toronto. They, they, they drew midweek in their CONCACAF Champions game, like a, a Champions League game, excuse me, against Real Esteli. Sporting Kansas City had their, their starting 11. Unlike the Galaxy, they didn't, they didn't really rest everyone. You had Graham Zuzi, Baylor in this game, Benny Fellharver, Matt Beasler. Yeah. I mean, you had, you had the big guys in this game, but I still think though that Sporting Kansas City should be able to go up to Toronto, who's been pesky at home and get a victory in this game.
1: Well, for those who have the really, really long memory is early, early in the year, Toronto beat Kansas City uh, to, at the start of the season. It was really, really disappointing game for Sporting KC. Obviously that's months ago. It's a different team now on both sides, different teams. Uh, KC, they have to know that it's time to gear up for the postseason. It's time to grab that number one spot in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they know that the Red Bulls are playing well. They know they can't afford to drop any points here. And I, I – when it comes to most teams, I always wonder about the midweek game and, and how that's going to affect the team. But you know, KC is one of the more fit teams in the league, and, and I, I feel like Peter Rumi's really pushes his starters in order to get them to play, be able to play at that level where they can handle midweek games. And, and I think they're going to be all right. So I think they're going to go up to Toronto. I think their attack's going to be too much for that Toronto defense, which for me is is really is really pretty shaky. And their and TFC's attack is just I just don't see them doing anything against the KC defense. So I think I think KC. I think they're going to be another team that gets a road win this weekend.
0: Well, I guess you teased it just a couple
1: minutes ago, but
0: Jason Christ, rumors, uh, uh, report came out that he'd been offered a contract by the 20th franchise, NYCFC, uh, to be their new manager. Uh, I, I think that this is this is really interesting, and, and I think Christ is a guy that I think some people would, would like to see maybe as a U.S. men's national team uh, head coach one day. And, and I think that this is also great that a foreign group, you know, Manchester City, uh, they're starting a team, but but instead of going out and getting a European manager, or maybe someone not familiar with the league, they're making a move for someone who obviously played in the league, has done very successful in the league, and I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's a very good move by NYCFC. I don't know if Christ moves, but and what's your take on this, Ivis?
1: Well, I don't know. I really don't know why anyone would be surprised by this. It makes way too much sense because, as far as I know, Christ is at the, I believe in the last year of his deal with Salt Lake. Uh, he's a really popular guy when it comes to. Uh, teams around the league, officials around the league. I mean, he's one of the most real, well-respected young coaches, one of the most real, well-respected coaches, period. Uh, but the fact that he can, can be available uh, is certainly enticing to a team like uh, New York City FC. And, uh, again, NYC FC has foreign ownership, but they've already let it be known that they want to have local roots. They've already hired Claudia Reina. This is definitely this definitely has Claudia Reina written all over it. Uh, him and Christ, you know, obviously know each other very well. they they played – uh, I pulled up this, I came up with the stat that, uh, of, of Jason Christ's 14 national team caps, nine of them he played with Reyna. So they have, they have a track record. They know each other well, I'm sure. So it would be a great hire for New York City FC to bring him, bring someone like him in. No question about it. Um, but you, you wonder what would happen next with Salt Lake and who they would turn to. I think, uh, you know, the loggerway Christ tandem has been, is, is for me, they don't get the credit they deserve just to, to, build the kind of team that they build and have play such a great brand of soccer for, for five years, six years now and do it on a pretty modest budget. And, and now you wonder what a, what a, you know, coach like Christ can do with money at his disposal and really the resources to go out and get the, any, you know, anyone he wants, as far as within the realm of the, like the range of MLS, you know, to, that you can get as an MLS team. Uh, so that is, it's, it's exciting to, to consider, you know? Um, what he can do in that kind of situation, mm-hmm. uh, but Salt Lake though, I, uh, Real, well, RSL, I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know who they're going to get to replace
0: him. Well, you, you, yeah, you, you wonder who's going to replace them. But when you look at the roster the team has right now, I mean, RSL has some very young players playing some big time minutes for them right now. Carlos Salcedo, Omis Garcia, uh, Devin Sandoval, Luis Gil, uh Sebastian Velezquez. So, I mean, RSL's a very young team. They have a lot of exciting talent. So, I mean, let's let's. I mean, even if Christ leaves, I, I think whoever. He's going to take over RSL. He's going to take over a very talented, young, and, and deep team. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to everyone, but I think RSL is still in a very good position where they can still be competitive even if Christ leaves, though.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of those guys are a little unproven commodities, so it's easy to say, it's easy to rattle off a list of young names, and, and those guys have all shown qualities, but uh, you know, it still comes down to the the keys to their team, their veteran spine. When you talk about Beckerman, Raimondo, uh, Borchers, Saburillo, I mean, Morales, that is the spine of that team. And it's not getting any younger, right? I mean, and I think if you're look, if you Jason Christ, and you're looking at, you know, hey, how how much longer does this group have together? We've already had to kind of rebuild a bit this year. And, and, and yes, they do have some decent you – know, they have some good young talent. But, you know, if you're Christ, you have to ask yourself how long can that – you know, when you're talking about someone like Javier Morales in his mid-30s, Nick Romando mid-30s, Nat Borchers in his 30s. Um, you know, sabrio I believe, is also 30. So all these none of the you know, their nucleus is getting up in age now. So uh, you know, it might it might be it might be a good time to kind of you know try something new. Um but Salt Lake look, Salt Lake's still has a chance this year. They could they could win multiple trophies. Uh you know, they're they're in the open cup final, uh and and they're uh you know, they're right there for the for MLS Cup. So this year's not done, but I, I am curious to see. What's going to happen this offseason if Christ does move? Well, with the game this
0: weekend, RSL is going to be hosting San Jose Earthquakes. Earthquakes desperately need a win in this game. I think a, a loss puts them out of the playoffs, uh, not mathematically, but I, I think a loss would officially uh, put the final nail in the coffin, Ivis. But uh, Rialso Lake home, like you said, uh, I mean they have they've they, have, they have played two more games than Seattle Sounders who have one point ahead of them in the supporter shield standings. But, I mean, Seattle has defeated San Jose twice this season, and I think they should be able to beat him for the third time.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you have to like their chances. I mean, I think, you know, if you're in San Jose, I mean, realistically, you almost have to wonder if it's time for them to turn their attention to the Champions League and, and, and try to make a run there. Um, I mean, they're not going to throw in the towel here, and I think they showed really well at midweek in the Champions League. So you wonder how much confidence that's going to give them um, but I, again, Salt Lake, you got you have to give them the nod, especially at home. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, win pretty handily.
0: Uh, Ivis, Houston Dynamo taking on Chivas USA. Uh, That's uh, another game. I mean, look, Dynamo are in the playoffs, Chivas USA, bottom of the Western Conference, and, I mean, this is another game that the Dynamo, they need three points to stay competitive in the East because you have uh, five teams competing for those final two spots.
1: Yeah, I mean, Houston, look, we, we talked about it last week. They're the, they're the kind of team that, you know, they, they might struggle and struggle and struggle, but then they turn it on at the right time. And all of a sudden, with one big road win, they jump right back into the playoffs, in the, into the playoff race. Now they have a winnable game against Chivas. And, and, and what do you know? They're, things have turned around for them. So I'm going to give them the edge. But, look, let, let's be honest. Chivas USA is playing better than they played in a while. They, they're far from a pushover. They are not right now playing like the worst team in the league. So they're not gonna make it easy, but I think Houston, I think now that they've you know the international windows closed and they've gotten everybody back, and they have the confidence from that victory against Philly, I think they win this one pretty handily
0: and in the final game, we're going to talk about for all m l s games of the weekend. Uh, New England Revolution, DC United, DC, uh, played really well against LA Galaxy last week. I think a couple things went their way, but I mean, look, you gotta play the game. They played the game. They were able to get the point. They still have really nothing to play for, for MLS. So in this game, I think DC United, Ivis is still gonna be looking to, to get some good vibes going, get some positive results as they go into that U.S. Open Cup final, uh, against Real Salt Lake. And, and for the New England Revolution, Ivis, they, they, this is another team that needs three points. Uh, I mean they have tons of talent up top they might be young but I still think the New England Revolution are a team that could really find a way to to get into the playoffs and, and be a very tough team to deal with
1: They they're alive they're still alive no question about it and I think with the way some of their guys are playing especially like the Kelvin Rowe oh, yeah. the way he's the way he's really you know just blossoming as a playmaker uh you got to like the chances I'm going to pick them at home I know their last home game didn't go so well when they got the red card and he got blown out by Montreal, but I I think I think the the pressure's on now, and I think if, if we're going to see how a young team like New England responds. And I think if this match matchup is works really well for them. I think New England's going to get the three points.
0: Well, those are all the MLS games that are going to be played this weekend. If anyone's looking for extended news and coverage, you can always go to soccerbyivis.net for the extended MLS coverage, quotes, recaps, highlight videos, and everything else you need to get ready for this weekend and to recap from the weekend. Ives time to turn our attention over to the Americans abroad. You had a nice feature about Paul Ariola and how he's doing down in Tijuana for gold.com. Uh, I mean, I'll let you talk about the, uh, how, how Paul's doing so far in his first season down for the, uh, down for Tijuana.
1: Well, you know, for those who listen to the show regularly, you'll remember we had Paul on the show uh, earlier in the season when he got off to his amazing start and you know, I just was able to write a piece to catch everyone up on him and, and and give people a sense of what he's been able to do there. And it's really impressive. I mean, we're talking about a kid who's now played in 10 of of the 12 games that Club Tijuana has played this year. He's got he's got a goal, he's got a, he's got two goals and he's got two assists in all competitions. And he's become a regular in their rotation, in their playing rotation. And just to give you an idea of what he's been able to do right now, he's actually ahead of US national team midfielder Joe Corona in their depth chart. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate for Joe. You know, he's he's having a battle to get himself playing time, but Ariola, as an eighteen-year-old kid who was just in high school a few months ago, he's played himself into a regular a regular playing role, coming off the bench and, and if you've seen him, if you haven't seen him play, I can tell you, folks, he's an exciting prospect hey, with the speed and the aggressiveness and the confidence that he has in the attacking third, and uh, you, you just want to see how he continues to develop, especially playing in a league like Mexico, where where attacking soccer is, is so prominent.
0: The one thing you just said, I mean, Joe Corona, not. Not playing that much. I made that stupid joke on the last show for the Q and A. But I mean, for a guy like Joe Corona, I mean, what can he do? I mean, can, can he stay there and hope hope that it works out and play his way back into starting eleven, or, or is he going to have to make a move? I mean, what's the best option for him?
1: Well, right now he has no choice but to, to battle it out, right, and, and try to work his way back into the rotation. He can't go anywhere until the winter, anyway. So uh, that's the challenge, and and it's it's kind of it's it's pretty shocking in a way because I mean he's he's just someone who's been such a key figure. At Tijuana, I mean, obviously he helped them gain promotion. Uh, you know, back when when they first came up, and you know he's been he's been a solid player for them for so long. And in coming off the Gold Cup that he had, there there was so much uh, expected of him, and and people really saw this as his chance to really blossom. And now he's not even getting minutes. I mean, we're we're talking about you know DNPs, you know, where he's not even getting a minute, and so. Uh, I, I mean, it just boils down to the coach kind of having, preferring other guys. And, and Areola is one of those got players that has kind of moved ahead of him as a option off the bench. So not only has he lost his starting job, but even the opportunity to be a, a sub, a, a player off the bench has, has kind of been taken away from him. So it's a good, it, it's a tough situation for him, but it's a great opportunity for him to show his, his character and his quality and, and his professionalism and, and to earn back his starting spot.
0: This weekend, Josie Altador and Sunderland are going to be taking on West Brom. uh, Another opportunity for Josie to get his first goal after it was taken from him uh, last week against Arsenal. And hopefully uh, Josie can uh, start scoring and uh, getting getting a tally up there for the American over in the EPL.
1: Well, you know, he's still looking for his first goal. And Sunderland, they're looking for their first win. And this is a great opportunity for them. I think we all saw, you know, for everyone who was able to watch the Arsenal game last week, you got a glimpse of what Altador can do just his combination of power and pace and, and, and ability to just muscle defenders off the ball, and um, you know he should have got a goal last week. It was disallowed. I think this is definitely an opportunity for him. Uh, and, and and look, let's face it, West Brom. While they are second from bottom in the standings, they are by no means a pushover defensively. They've only allowed four goals in four games. Uh, West Brom's problem has been scoring goals. They they only have one goal all season. Um, so it's not necessarily going to be an easy challenge for for, out, for to but I think this is the kind of game, uh, you know, I think this is a game where he, he he gets off the schneid, he gets that first goal.
0: Well, Ivis, let's keep it Americans Abroad. A little different, though. This guy's not playing. Bob Bradley, obviously coaching Egypt. Everyone should know that. Uh, on Monday, the draw happened for the African World Cup qualifying spots. And amazingly enough, Bob Bradley and Egypt have been drawn against Ghana. We should all know that Ghana defeated Bob Bradley in the U.S. men's national team at the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Uh, you had a nice little piece about it on Gold.com.
1: He may, he may no longer be the U.S. coach, uh, but just the things that he's been able to do with Egypt have, have really made Egypt kind of a, a second favorite team for a lot of American fans. And, you know, people were looking forward to the draw. To see what Egypt's final hurdle would be for the World Cup, and would you know, it had to be Ghana. And, and, and I know for some people, the, the the initial reaction was like, "Oh no, it's Ghana, Egypt's gonna lose." And the funny thing is, people in Egypt, it was an, it was an opposite reaction. It was like, "Oh, it's Ghana, yeah, we beat Ghana, we can, we have a good record against Ghana." So I think that's an interesting kind of uh, you know difference in in view of of, of it. It's by no means going to be easy. Ghana is a tough team. They have a lot of quality talent. As we know, as, Ameri- as followers of the U.S. national team, Ghana's a good team. They've got some really good players, Kevin Prince, Boateng, uh, uh, among others. They're uh, they, they, they going to be tough to beat. But I tell you what, man, this Egypt team, you, feel, you just get a feeling like it's meant to be, like it's destiny, that they're going to qualify. With everything that's going on in that country, all the strife and all the political upheaval and, and all the drama that's there. Uh, the fact that they've even, that they've even gotten to this point mm-hmm. is, is incredible. What Bob Bradley's already done is, is incredible. But if he can clear this final hurdle, if he gets Egypt into the World Cup, that on, on it, on its own is amazing. But if he can actually knock out Ghana, if he can keep Ghana from getting into the World Cup, Then, I mean, that's just (laughs) icing on the cake, right? I mean, if you're a U.S. fan, I mean, I don't want to say they hate Ghana, but come on. Ghana's eliminated the U.S. from the last two World Cups. They embarrassed the the U.S. under 20 team at the under 20 World Mm -hmm. Cup this past summer. So it's just, you know what? I'm sure U.S. fans are sick of Ghana. I'm sure they'd love to have the chance to play them and beat them. But listen, if Bob Riley does that, it'll be amazing. And they do have a chance, folks. They do have a chance. I know that Ghana beat Egypt three nil earlier in the year, beginning of the year in a friendly, but that Egypt team was not their full team. They didn't have their European based players. Uh, you know, they didn't have the players from Al Ahly, their best, the best team they have in Egypt. So it was really like a ragtag B C team that they that they put out there and got smoked by Ghana. The their full strength team is a tough team. They're the only, I believe, they're the only team with a perfect record in World Cup qualifying for in the entire world. Um, so you'll. Know, They're they're gonna have a great chance, and I just hope we get to see it. I don't I don't know I don't know who's gonna air it. I don't know if it's gonna have to be pay per view or we're gonna have to watch on the computer on streams. But I feel like a lot of American fans are gonna want to see it because listen, you know whether you respect whether you love loved or hated Bob Bradley as a coach. And look, Bradley as the U.S. coach, he had the the, he had people who 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 liked him as a coach, and he and he clearly he had people who didn't like him as a coach. But I, I mean I I I don't feel like he ever got the credit he deserved. I thought he did a really good job with the U.S. team when he was the coach, mm-hmm. but that's that's all water under the bridge. Right now, he's an American doing an unbelievable job, an admirable job in the face of so much adversity. It's how do you not respect the guy for what he's been able to do there, what he's stood through, what he stood for? Uh, so I, I feel like every American fan has to root for Egypt. It has to root for Bob Bradley, and I and I think they do. I think they all want him to win. I think we all want to, you know, that dream scenario, right where. U.S. and Egypt play <laughs> in the World Cup. Bob Bradley, Jurgen Klinsmann, Michael Bradley, Bob Bradley. It, like it, it's meant to be, right? I just feel like it is. Call me, call me sentimental. I just feel like it. it it's the storybook in, and, in the
0: world in the World Cup final too. All
1: right, maybe in FIFA, but uh, <laughs> no, it, 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 just the group stage, man. The group stage would be enough. They get to play. It, it, I, that's for me. I, I feel like that would be. It's just too perfect. And you know what? Even them winning this series, even them beating Ghana. Is a perfect ending in and of itself, but I, I don't know why. I feel like for some time now I have visions of us, Egypt in the same group, Bob Bradley and Jurgen Klinsmann standing on opposite sides of that fifty yard line. It's meant to be, folks. I just think do, we're gonna see it.
0: Do you already have the uh, story saved?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I've written it. I've already written. It. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I just want to be there. I just want to be there because I think that'll be something else, and it'll be, it'll be, it'll be tough in, some, in certain ways, man. Because I mean, look, Michael Bradley. The Guy's a he's a robot, right? I mean, he's a he's just a machine on the field and, and no nonsense guy. But look, going up against his, his dad's team that 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 would be that would be something. That'd be interesting. So hey, we're all rooting for Ghana. I feel, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna speak for the entire country, the entire US of A. But I feel like if you're a US fan, you should be rooting for Egypt. There's absolutely no reason not to root for
0: Egypt. Well, Egypt's also Bob Bradley has a team playing well. Seven uh, seven game unbeaten streak. They've won their last four World Cup qualifying games. Uh, the Ghana games will be home and home. First game in Ghana on October 11th, and the next game in Egypt on November 15th. And the other thing about Egypt, I guess that's that's the very impressive thing with Bob Bradley is the fact that Egypt last time they qualified for a World Cup was in 1990. So I mean, it's a, the job that Bradley has done has just been unbelievable, like you said,
1: right, without a doubt. And not only are they getting results, but he's but he's helping find that talent and produce talent. I mean. Perfect example, Mohamed Salah, right? He, he's a young, young player, 21 year old. He's a player who, you know, no one in Egypt even knew anything about. I mean, he played on this, this, you know, bad team in Egypt. Bob Bradley finds this kid, puts him on the national team, starts giving him caps. And what, and what happens? This kid starts scoring goals. He has 17 goals in 24 games for Egypt. He earns himself a move, transfer move. Uh, you know, because of that national team exposure, he joins FC Basel. And for those who missed it, he oh, he scored a goal against Chelsea to help. Dude, uh, ba- Basel beat Chelsea. I mean, this ba- is an ba- goal. Basel's
0: just the the English Premier League killer man. It's great. Right, I love right, it. Right.
1: Okay, well, getting back to the point, <laughs> so, Bob Bradley found this kid, and it just shows you what what he's been able to do there. So all credit to him and everything. And I I just can't wait for that series because you know Ghana's tough man. They they are so talented. They have, especially in the midfield, they have tons, they have so many midfielders that, you know, they could probably field two teams worth of quality European level midfielders. But Egypt, I, I feel like it, it's, it's meant to be. And, and hopefully it happens.
0: Ivis, time to change the mood of the show. Everyone's favorite Mexican international player that played in the MLS. We should all know who that is. <laughs> Rafael Marquez is back in the news because he's been called in the Mexican camp. Ivis. I was I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that let that they uh, the the headline
1: on your website. You know what that smells like? It smells like desperation, folks. Rafa Marquez. I don't know if he's the answer. I got to say, but I mean, you know, you got to give credit to to Coach Vucic, the new manager from from Mexico. He's not leaving any. He's leaving no stone unturned. He's trying to get in, bring in some veteran players, some some experience to. To hopefully bring some swagger to that team, because say what look, say what you want about Rafa Marquez, he's a bad, he's an evil human being. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him or say about him, the guy's got some swagger. The guy's got some confidence. He has that experience. Maybe he, it's like having a coach, a coach on the team. So I, I don't know if he's someone you want to put on the field and expect him to shut people down. But uh, I, I wonder what kind of impact he's going to have on that team. We have reached
0: the SBI. Q&A part of the show. As always, everyone can send in your questions on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskTheSBIShow. Send the question in at any time, not even when we're not even recording the show. Ivis and I always check Twitter. So remember, it's hashtag, hashtag AskTheSBIShow. First question comes from Aiden White. Chances the fire stay above that red line and make it into the playoffs?
1: I like your chances a lot, I gotta tell you. I mean, you know, the way they played the last few months it- has been really, uh, really impressive. And, and their new signings have, have already, uh, you know, made shown that they're going to be impact players here down the stretch. Uh, Aravalo and uh, Noguno, the, the forward, both those guys look like they're impact players. I, I like their chances a lot. I think they're going to make playoffs pretty easily.
0: Uh, next question comes from Cuevan Rubin. Are we likely to see new faces in the upcoming qualifiers?
1: I think we'll see at least a couple. I think maybe one or two. Uh, I mean, but it sounds like Klinsman wants to bring uh, a full strength team, or is or or close to full strength team. Uh, so with that being the case, I, I I think we can see one or two guys. Depends on who's available, what games there are. You know, because uh, there there there's some MLS games around that time. And uh, I, you know, when you look at a team like Seattle, I mean, is Klinsman really going to want to bring in DeAndre Yedlin if he's also bringing in Eddie Johnson and Brad Evans? Uh, take that many guys and Clint Dempsey, right? I mean, is he gonna bring all four of those guys? Uh I wrote recently for Gold uh, Gold.com that you know I think he's gonna I can see him arresting certain players. When you talk about a Tim Howard, Jermaine Jones, Clint Dempsey, I think some of these veteran guys, I could see them getting arrest. And you could still have a really strong team and, and that's the thing. The you know uh, what I, I what I don't think anyone wanted was there to be just kind of a team of just MLS uh, newcomers, uh, or some, which is what we've seen in in, in in the past in these kind of situations. Um, I don't think we're going to see a team of all young European-based players either, which I think a lot of fans would like to see. I think we're going to see a pretty strong team, but I think Klinsman leaves some veterans home.
0: Next question comes from James Lugakovic, and I love this question, Ivis. Why does Yedlin get so much more hype than Klute? He has half the production and makes more mistakes.
1: Okay, the whole half of the production thing, I think it's, <laughs> it's silly. Okay, just because you can't just look at an assist number and say, okay, he's he, you know, he brings X or Y more to the table. Look, Chris Kreutz is an impressive player; he's shown really well. You know, you can argue he's been the best right left, the best left back in the league, if not one of the top two or three. Uh, you know, no question about it. But look, De'Andre Yetlin is it is it get all right. You can you can say what you want about him. he plays in Seattle. Clue plays in Colorado, so obviously Yellen gets more more attention, mm-hmm. more national coverage. But listen, Yellen is an exciting young player. He's, I believe, he's four years younger. He's faster. He, he's more. Di- he's a more dynamic player. Uh, now, now, obviously, uh, Clue plays at a in a different position. He's still a bit of a kind of an unknown commodity in a way. I mean, I know he's put together uh, more than half a season now, but you know, no one knew anything about him beforehand. So it's still that kind of mystery. Whereas Yedlin Yedlin's someone who's been on the youth levels. He's been a star in college. He's someone who has had hype built up on on him uh throughout his his young you know, the younger his younger years. I mean, he he's someone who people have been talking about and hearing about since he was seventeen year seventeen, eighteen years old. So that that's why he gets there's more attention on him and more more, more uh you know, more buzz. Uh and I agree, look, I agree in the sense that Chris Clute should get more attention. He absolutely should, and he's someone who I think a January camp call up is an absolute lock. If if, if I'm Jurgen Klinsmann, I don't know how you don't call him up when you think about the left back options that you could look at in January. But I just think Yellen looks like he can be he can be an off the charts player. And, and and is he making mistakes? Of course, he's 19 years old. What do you want? Like really? Like I think that's silly. All right, he's four years younger. And you really want to sit there and talk about him making more mistakes? I understand it, folks. I, I, I'm sure you know people want Clue to get more more credit, and and I agree. And just for the record, I put Chris Clue on SBI's midseason best eleven at left back. So hey, I'm I'm on that bandwagon. I I respect what he's done, but Yedlin had Yedlin is showing the signs of of potentially possibly being a serious 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 high-level player.
0: I this next question it comes from Derek Studebaker. Chances of Jason Christ renewing his contract at RSL?
1: Uh, I would not put a penny on that. I, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. You know, really, not, nothing. Yeah, because I mean, what what else is there for him to do, right? I mean, he won a title there. He's built a great team there, uh, and you know, there's a new ownership group there, so it's not even the people that brought him in uh, originally. So, like, the ties there. What what's left? You know, at a at a certain point, you want to look at other challenges. He's a young coach. I'm sure Man City's going to make it worth his while. I'm sure the NYCFC ownership group, uh, if anyone's going to drop the, drop the coin, uh, to make it worth his while, it's going to be them. And then and think about it. If you're a coach and you've spent the last six years balling on a budget <laughs> and now you have a chance to make it rain and then in New York of all places and help boost your profile that way, how could you not want to do that? I mean, think about it. I mean, he, he's still a young coach. Um, so, you know, if, if, if he has the aspirations and forget the national team thing for a second, if he has aspirations of coaching in Europe, which I, I really think all top coaches, all young, uh, top American coaches, that's what they want to do. They want to be that first American coach to really make it over in Europe. It hasn't really happened. I know you I know there's a, a little, you know, some stories here and there, smaller leagues or assistant coaching jobs. You haven't had an American Coaching in a top league in Europe yet. So if you're Jason Christ and you can go to New York City, uh, coach and a team like NYCFC, high-profile environment, big money to spend, working for Manchester City's owners, why in the world would you not take that? Why? Why wouldn't you? I'm sorry, folks. He, I, he would. I think he's gonna run, not walk, but run to that opportunity.
0: Were you being in, the, were you being in your desk right there? What? Were you banging your desk right there? It sounded like you were you were, you're were banging while you're making your, your 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 points right there at the at the end. Uh
1: I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> maybe you're like like I was in
0: the zone. Uh next question comes from Monica Murphy. This way he says, bout to get a US men's national team jersey. How often do they change design? Annually? Oh,
1: uh, they change it all uh, all the time. It's crazy. Every year there's like three new uniforms. I feel like I, I feel like in in the past ten years there've been a hundred different uniforms, home and away, third jersey, you name it. Uh, you know, if you see one you like, just get it. You know, and and not and don't worry about you know it, it being out of style right away. I mean, I think I think we've already started to see some kind of examples of what the twenty fourteen jersey is going to look like. Yes, it's already changing again, but you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with the uh, with the current white jersey. Uh, with the with the blue trim and, and the and the old school crest, uh, I kind of yeah. I think it's pretty classy, and uh, I think you can wear that uh, you can wear that a long time.
0: I like that one too. See, I, I like the red one with the blue sash, the blue one with the white sash. I like the sash. I wish we, I wish I, I hope we keep that in every jersey. I kind of like it. Uh,
1: I, well, listen, as a Peru as as, as a I, I know, sand, I know, I know what you're going to say. I'm predisposed to sashes yeah, as yeah. a fan of Peru. But I gotta say, I don't don't know if I'm a fan of the sash when it comes to the U.S. team. I gotta say, I I haven't really, I haven't really been a fan of the sash. Not, not really. I like it. Well, I like. it. Well, I think you're going to see it next year. Actually, I think. Yeah. One one of the, you know, who knows if those are legit or not, but the ones that you know have been leaked, uh, one of the jerseys has a sash. So I think if you're if you're all about the sashes, you'll have an option in 2014.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Final question comes from JB. Why have Corona's minutes at Cholos disappeared? A little concerning to me.
1: Don't well, you missed last week's show when Garrett came up with the beautiful yes. theory? Yes, his manager he- hates
0: Corona beer and prefers like Sole, Dos Equis, or Tecate. We already went over this. Why are people asking this question again?
1: <laughs> By the way, everybody, Garrett—he uh, eats mushrooms and sometimes it's, uh, <laughs> it makes him a little loopy. But uh, anyway, that, that's I-
0: that's just reckless, right there, Ivis.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I'm just serious. Um, right, with, with Joe Corona, it, it's a tough situation, you know. It, 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 he's basically a new manager there. Does, prefers other players to him, uh, and even as a bench, as I said earlier, as a bench option, Paul Ariola really has burst onto the scene and, and really grabbed hold of those a lot of the minutes, coming off the bench that maybe a Joe Corona would have been able to get otherwise, and. It's gonna. It, it's basically gonna come down to this. He's gonna have to fight his way into that lineup, and if he can't do that between now and January, he's gonna have to make a move. And and, it, and it's almost like it's almost unfathomable because of everything that he's been able to do there and what he's meant to that team, uh, helping them gain promotion and being that hometown kid from, from you know local product, uh, and it being its hometown team. But you know what? Sometimes things just you know circumstances don't work out. Sometimes a coach comes in and. Just doesn't, you know. They see things a different way, and if he has to make a move, he's going to have to make a move. But, you know, if he has, if he wants to be on that World Cup team, he cannot afford uh, to be messing around and not getting minutes. Come the second half of the season, once the Clausura comes next year, the Clausura season, he's got to be on a team where he's getting regular minutes, or you know what, he's not going to the World Cup.
0: Well, Ivis, that wraps up the SBI Q and A, which means it wraps up the show. It's a uh... It was a good show today, man. I, mean, I apologize. Ivis and I tried to do a midweek show, but we got a, got a kind of a little caught up with work stuff. So we apologize for no three shows this week, but we'll, we'll do one one three shows next week, Ivis. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: actually, what I should tell everyone is we have about four or five extra shows uh, that we need to kind of trend down in order to make show 100 mm-hmm. uh, take place at MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're gonna have to take we're gonna take a few shows off here and there. We're not gonna do them all right away, but we're gonna have to. Uh, there's gonna be a few Wednesday shows that maybe we don't do. Um, so if it's a slow week and we and we have an opportunity to kind of take that midweek off, we might do that. Uh, but because I tell you what, I, folks, it, I, I, if you missed the last show, I'll say it again. We're gonna we're the, the plan is episode 100 of the SBI show to take place at MLS Cup Friday, December sixth. In conjunction with an SBI party, we're gonna. I, I want to do it. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know where MLS Cup is. It's going to be at the uh, the home of the higher seed, so it could be from. It could be New York. It could be Kansas City. It could be L.A., Seattle, potentially Salt Lake. Long shot, maybe Colorado. So it could be any number of places, um, but wherever it is, the plan is to have a party there. Uh, and celebrate, and, and hopefully have have you know our listeners and and SBI readers, the ones that that come to town for MLS Cup, attend the party, and us have show one hundred. Uh, I think it could be a, a, a good time. So you bear with us. There might be a few weeks where we don't have a midweek show, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling though. That you don't have to worry about.
0: Well, I mean, Ives, you and I obviously have to meet for the first time too.
1: Well, that's another thing about the the hundredth show. The hundredth show. It's probably going to be the first time we meet because uh, there's no, you know, Garrett's going to the Open Cup. I am unfortunately not going to the Open Cup. I don't think he'll be traveling for any playoff games. I don't think he's in Kansas City for the for the World Cup qualifier. I probably will be in Kansas City for the World Cup qualifier. So we're gonna keep missing each other, but we've already we've already sworn, we've made a blood oath that we're gonna meet at MLS Cup hundredth episode. And it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun, man. I think it's gonna be a good time. I think we're gonna to have to. I think we're gonna to have to get some local television coverage, maybe,
0: <laughs> of our party. I'm no, you, yeah, hell, no. Cameras and pictures are not gonna be allowed at our party, Ivis. Just... Uh, uh, come on, man. No, Ew. Yeah, Ew. no. I, I, okay, anything. Okay, cameras and video could be available till midnight. As soon as midnight hits, boom, everything's off. It goes black. Nothing well, can be reported after midnight. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens.
1: I, I, hey, way, to, way to share a lot of insight into your, into your personality. <laughs> I
0: went there. to Arizona State. I mean, what do, you, what do you want from me? Come on.
1: Don't worry, folks. You can, you can take pictures. You can bring cameras. If you want to take pictures with us, you're more than welcome. <laughs> uh, although, be warned that Garrett is going to probably be shorter than you expected. Uh, but it's Dude, be, I, I, oh my to- God. <laughs> I'm not
0: even that sure. We already went. We've got, okay, people are missing out a lot of things. We, we, we already addressed this with the Nick DeLeon situation when he deliberately got in front of me to make me look short. We've already went over this. I'm not that short, but Nick purposely did that to make me look short.
1: Were you standing in a hole? No, well? he,
0: oh, my, it's the picture. He's, like, leaning right, into right, the picture. Right, he looks right.
1: huge. He he
0: knew what he did. Nick knew what he did.
1: You know what? We're, we're, I'm going to have to get Nick on the show and ask him and then show him the picture. And I, I, I just think, I just, I, how old are you again?
0: Like I told you, like, 5'8 on a good day.
1: So 5'7".
0: No, well, yeah, it depends. Depends, like, oh, so okay, so depend, five, depends. Depends, you know. If I'm feeling good that day, I'm like five, five eight. If I'm not feeling right. that good, I'm like five seven. You know, like if, today. If not, today I felt five eight.
1: If you're not wearing platform shoes, or five seven. No,
0: wearing... dude, I never wear shoes like that. I'm, I'm too stylish, dude. I'm wearing like Aldo shoes and stuff like that.
1: All right. Well, again, back to the point. So bear with us. We, we will try to have midweek shows here and there, but there's going to be a few weeks where we don't have one.
0: Yes, just a few weeks. But Ivys and I are always going to try to do three shows a week because we both we, we love it. We, we we love doing shows. So now we're
1: ramb- we're officially rambling.
0: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> all right. <I'm... laughs> what I,
1: else can we talk about? What uh, did we not talk? I don't about know.
0: Sure? Is is there anything to talk about? <laughs> what are you He's doing? What are you, what are you doing this weekend?
1: <laughs> well, uh, funny you mentioned it. My uh, actually, my birthday is on Saturday. So,
0: uh, oh, it is. I did not know that. Happy birthday. Yeah,
1: thanks, man. Thanks. So, uh, I, I plan on chilling out, you know, and enjoying my birthday. Actually, tomorrow, Friday, this... I'm gonna be heading into the city and doing a little shopping. I gotta treat myself, give myself a little birthday present, and uh, and then you know, spend some time with, with, with the boys. My uh, my boys, we're gonna hang out, and then Saturday, uh, you know, have a little uh, hang out with some friends and uh, you know, celebrate the birthday. So, should be fun.
0: Is this the birthday where Social Security kicks in for you?
1: <laughs> you're funny. I like, it. Zing! I like it. Dude, <laughs> it, it. It's not that. It's not that. Well, you know what? We can celebrate it like that, and then when it's your birthday, we can celebrate you being able to buy lottery tickets.
0: Yeah, that is true. I know. I was gonna say, if we have the MLS party at a bar, I guess, we we got to find a bar that you know lets people under twenty one in, because you know they might look at me and say, "Dude, you look like you're fifteen, bro."
1: Actually, you, I know why you want that, but we're not gonna discuss that. <laughs> dude.
0: That's that's another <laughs> reckless comment. That's two <laughs> reckless comments from you today.
1: Uh, you get it, but you're going to edit him out though. No, you're... no. I,
0: all right. Now, since you said that, I'll, I'll keep him in there, but but I'll let everyone know it's like three o'clock <laughs> for Ivis right now. So he's th- like delirious. I No, no. He doesn't false. think straight I, at three in the morning. I am
1: wide, I am wide awake. This is false. To, I, I have serious insomnia these days. I've, ever since the whole Costa Rica, Columbus thing, I've been going to bed at five, six in the morning. I am wide awake right now. I should, you know what? I'm really tempt, I'm tempted to do an SBI live Q&A on the website. That's how wide awake I am.
0: That. That that's that's your third reckless comment tonight. That's three. three, I'm not gonna do it, but I could. could, I'm not gonna do it, but I
1: could do it. I actually am gonna keep working. I'm I'm not going to bed. I'm not going to sleep anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna go to bed. All right, (laughs) 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 was What am I gonna say?
1: This is gonna need heavy editing. No, it's
0: not. We'll keep it. I mean, I don't know. Okay, fine. The show's over. Everyone have a great weekend.
1: Listen. All right. One last (laughs) thing. One last thing. You don't have to wait for us to do the tweet. If you have questions at all during the week, please send them to us via Twitter. Do the hash, give put the hashtag. Make sure you put the hashtag on it because if you don't put the hashtag on it, we will not see your question. Yes, it's it's hashtag Ask the SBI Show. And whenever you, if, if a question pops in your head, just throw it on Twitter. And what we do is when we do our show and we get to the Q and A, we do the filter. We click the hashtag. It'll show us all the questions. Uh, throughout the week. So, you know, if something comes into your mind that you, or if you're listening to this, this show right now and you have a question that you want to ask, throw it on Twitter right now. And that will help us for the next show. Make sure we, we can have some good questions so we can get a good variety because, uh, you know, and look, apologies. We, you know, we're usually, do, we're usually doing this show when 90% of our audience is asleep. So, it, you know, that's why we get the same four or five guys uh, asking, you know, Chris McGuffin is on the payroll at this point. I'm yes, surprised. Sir. He- I wonder where is he? I'm worried about him. I don't think I saw a question from him. Actually. did he ask a question? No, there were no questions from from him. I, now I'm a little worried. Now. I mean, yeah.
0: if anyone, I mean, I, I also want to extend that. If anyone wants to ask me the question, I could just, I, I could hit up my sources and just tell you what my sources are telling me. So you don't have to wait for the show.
1: He shakes a he shakes a crystal ball. Actually, it's one yeah. of those one of those balls that you shake and and it tells you what comes up with an answer. So
0: oh oh yeah, it's like the the yes no maybe yes.
1: Right. That's that's how you that's how you get all your, your scoops. Sometimes depends. Well, there's some, I think there's some websites out there you could say that about, but <laughs> yeah.
0: zing, yeah, no, zing, kidding. especially I'm that not, one. I'm
1: not, I'm not saying any names, but uh, but that's it, man. We're uh, we're off to the next one. So hopefully, you know what I know what we need to do. We need to get a guest because we have not had a guest in forever. We probably need to start. Doing, <laughs> we need to start doing these shows at three in the morning and then actually get a guest.
0: That's on you, man. Uh, fair enough. That, I mean you you are a night out I mean so am i I'm a night out too I don't usually don't go to bed until, like two three in the morning I'm usually up by like nine eight 8 or nine ish I'm like you man I don't get much sleep there's no, there's no get, sleep in our world
1: we will have a guest for episode 72 um if you have any if you have any any suggestions for guests let us know as well um you know we it's, it's been, i feel like it's been we like should 30. get
0: we should get Tom cleverly on the show and i we could I could find out if I'm related to him good luck with that I mean, there could be a possibility there.
1: Well, he is—he is pretty short, so that's possible.
0: Ooh, see, all right, I, <laughs> I guess something going in my favor.
1: <laughs> he's five six, so he's uh, also,
0: there. also, I will—I will actually be uh, at the U.S. Open Cup final in in Salt Lake on October first. So hopefully, I'll be able to meet some of our fans up there, as uh, as I will be up there. I'm excited. You'll be in the employee section. No, I'm not. I like. I, I've never been to uh, I've never been to a game at Rio Tinto, so I'm excited to go to it. So it's that's gonna be a good time.
1: Please, if anyone sees him there, please take pictures. I want to see him in all his RSL regalia.
0: Why do you? That, that's the fourth reckless comment tonight. <laughs> that's four. I mean, people are convinced that I'm a fan of the club. It's ridiculous.
1: I, folks, he is not a fan. Just so you know. I don't have Mike. You know what? You know in a, he's he's an employee. Okay, here, get
0: it straight. I'm not, oh my God, I'm not even a player. Also, like. I don't even. I don't even have a favorite MLS. Team. I. I don't. You know, if I'm going to have a favorite team, Ibis. My favorite team is Sheffield Wednesday, and everyone's like, "Who?" They play in the championship in England. Okay, that's my favorite team. So, so, so there it is. I don't have a favorite MLS team.
1: You should. You should root for a team that has Arizona players on it.
0: Uh, I could. Oh. I, I could root for RSL. They have two Arizona players on it.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we've officially this, We're going to have to cut this off because this is so bad <laughs>
0: No it's not, it's fine, we're keeping it Alright, the show's over, time for you to go to bed, time for me to cut up the show And fight with SoundCloud Like I always do And, uh, and that's it man, I'll, I'll touch base with you on Sunday night Yes sir And as always everyone, thank you for listening to the show We appreciate the comments, support, questions And everything else you give us To, to help us produce and, and run an excellent show This is the SBI show